Tonight I'll be preaching in the book of Matthew's Gospel, Matthew's Gospel chapter 4. Matthew's Gospel chapter 4, and I'll be reading verses 1 to 11. Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Then when Jesus, rather, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you for the strength, the comfort that we find in it. Lord, I pray that as your word goes forth tonight, that you would speak to each and every heart, and that you would continue to help us to recognize that we can have confidence and faith in you. You've proven yourself time and time again to be trustworthy, to be a faithful God. And I pray that you would strengthen our hearts and challenge us in our walk with you. And if there's someone under the sound of my voice who doesn't know you as personal Lord and Savior, may tonight that person place their faith and trust in you. Simply say, Lord, I believe in you. Take full control. Have your divine way. Give me the words you love me to say. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self. Fill me with the precious Holy Spirit that I may preach what thus said the Lord. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. There's a saying that history repeats itself. This statement means that things that have happened in the past are taking place once again. Of course, it does not mean that the specific individuals and the precise circumstances have literally repeated or the individuals have come back to life, but it's really an indication that trends tendencies, the attitudes of people lead to similar behaviors and patterns of responses that resemble the past. I believe that I can safely say that it is no accident that we can detect these similarities in current events when compared with the past 
in the area of culture, religion, economics, politics, and the list goes on because irrespective of the time period in history in which we are born as people, it's important to understand that we are all made up of the same stuff. Regardless of our skin color, regardless of our hair texture, regardless of our social background or economic background, we as human beings all have the same basic needs, desires, faults, concerns, problems, and ultimately, we generally have the same responses to these things. But what ties us all together in this web of humanity, my friend, is this vice called sin. It is our common and inherent problem with which we were born. David speaks to this in Psalm 51 and verse 5 when he says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. This common problem is one that we grapple with. But I'm here to say tonight as well that this common problem of sin has a common solution. Amen? And his name is Jesus. Jesus, my friend, came for all people. Uh, that song that we sing uh, from the time we were uh, young children, uh, he came for red, yellow, black, and white. They are precious in his sight. And so when Jesus came to this earth, he understood humanity's problem. But he also knew the solution. And so he presented himself to humanity. But in presenting himself to humanity, he did something that allowed him to connect the divine with the depraved. And that is, he ministered to people. He began his earthly ministry. This word ministry is a word that is used very commonly. We hear of the ministry of the church. We hear of a person who we would say is involved in full-time ministry. Even in a non-religious sense, we hear of the ministry of agriculture. The ministry of education. The ministry of finance. But in our use of this word ministry, it ought not to get lost on us that ministry means service. To minister is to serve. And so when we say that Jesus began his earthly ministry, it's important that we understand that Jesus, in leaving the portals of heaven and coming to this earth, came to accomplish a task that involved service. 
And his task involved service to the lost. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, a verse I learned very, very early in life. I remember at Bible club like it was yesterday. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And Jesus in completing his earthly ministry left us here to continue the responsibility of ministry. Ministering to the lives of people. And my friend, if we and I, if we are going to do this task effectively, it would behoove us to pattern what Jesus did. Pattern how he did it. How he dealt with rejection while ministering. How he dealt with the ups and downs of ministry. How he dealt with being misunderstood by the same people who he was ministering to. How he dealt with his followers. How he dealt with his detractors. How he dealt with his friends. How he dealt with his enemies. How he dealt with those who would criticize him. Because we are continuing the work of engaging in ministry. It would be in our best interest to follow his formula, his approach. And so I want to begin tonight a a series that I've entitled A Ministry to Pattern. A Ministry to Pattern. You see, my friends, we're engaged in ministering to people. And I firmly believe that if we follow Jesus' example, we will be far more effective. Jesus knew how to deal with, deal with people. And he dealt with people of all walks of life. He dealt with those who would follow him. He dealt with those who would reject him. He dealt with hurt. He dealt with pain. He dealt with joy. He dealt with sorrow. But through it all, he knew he had a task to do. And so I trust that as we engage in looking at Jesus' ministry here on earth, that it would motivate us in what he has left us here to do. We'll be looking at a series of messages throughout the Gospels. And I trust that we'll be able to glean and be encouraged by how he functioned. You know, one of the things that we ought to recognize, we're not going to improve on Jesus' ministry. Whatever he did, don't expect better results. And that's something that ought to keep us grounded. Amen? Because we are working for him. And we are dealing with people. So tonight, to kick this off, I want to look at this passage in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. At the very beginning, just prior actually, to him launching his earthly ministry. 
in a message I've entitled, Living by a Higher Standard. Living by a Higher Standard. Now notice with me, first of all, and this is so key, so important, as we engage in what we understand to be ministering to people on behalf of our Savior. Notice Jesus himself engaged in spiritual preparation. Spiritual preparation. Now notice verse number one. The Bible says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Spiritual preparation involves two things. First of all, it involves following. Following. Notice Jesus in coming to this earth is God the Son. He's no less God than God the Father. He's no less God than God the Spirit. But the Bible says he was what? Led. Led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. My friend, when it comes to being involved in ministry, we must be willing to follow. Amen? Jesus was led of the spirit into the wilderness. Why is it so important that we follow? Because my friend, there are some places that we are not going to venture to instinctively. We're not going to just naturally decide, you know what? Today is a wonderful day to go into the wilderness. There's some places that would simply seem illogical from a human perspective to venture to. But when you're following the one who is leading, you'll understand that if the wilderness is where I'm supposed to go, I got to follow the leader. And the leader is God himself, my friends. And so Jesus, in, in engaging in spiritual preparation, is demonstrating and exemplifying to us that spiritual preparation involves following. But it also involves fellowshipping. Look at what verse number 2 says. It says, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. This is spiritual preparation. He's communicating in earnestly and intensely with God the Father such that he deprived himself of the basic pleasures of food. Now I know from past responses that we have a number of individuals in here who have a love affair with food. But the importance of fellowshipping with the Father was such a great priority that, that he, he abandoned and deprived himself uh, of the pleasures of food to fellowship with the Father. You know one of the things that we are often guilty of, and I'm not excluding myself, neither can 
I believe any of us. That when you've been engaged in this thing called ministry for a period of time, sometimes we press the autopilot button. Don't we? And we figure, listen, I've done this before. I know the drill. I know the routine. But when it comes to this thing called ministry, my friend, it's important that we are in tune and in touch with God. If Jesus himself would, would ensure that he's, he's following and he's fellowshipping with God just prior to him engaging in his earthly ministry, my friend, how much more do we need to be following and to be fellowshipping so that we can know precisely what he wants us to do. We see the importance of spiritual preparation. When we prepare to come into the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday evening or whatever time that might be, do we adequately engage or engage at all in spiritual preparation. My friend, it is key to effectiveness in ministry. Notice secondly, the scriptural priority. We're familiar with this passage, I believe, and you would notice as he was tempted by the devil, over and over, Jesus repeats these words. It is written. It is written. It is written. My friend, if we're going to be effective by way of ministry, if we're going to understand the importance of the fact that we are living by a higher standard, we must understand the priority of God's holy word. Scriptural priority. I don't want to draw your attention to three principles that are seen in each of these temptations, if you will, that ought to help us to understand the importance of what God's word teaches as we rely upon it as our guide, as our blueprint for being engaged in ministry. Notice, first of all, I see in the first temptation dependence on God. Dependence on God. The Bible says in verse number 3, and when the tempter came to him, he, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. I mean, it's as if Satan was trying to test the hubris of, of, of Jesus. If thou be the son of God. I mean, if Jesus is going to say, what do you mean, if I'm the son of God? Let, let, me, let me show you I'm the son of God. That's what we would have done as men, right? How dare you question my authority? Note that Jesus had just fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. So make no mistake, he was hungry. He was 100% God, but he was 100% man. And notice, listen, the devil is crafty. 
He's slick. He's sly. He knew that there's nothing wrong with bread. But Jesus responds to him and says, man shall not live by what? Bread alone. Y'all keep this thing in context. I know some of you think. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. In other words, Jesus was emphasizing to him that when it comes to this matter of ministry, there must be dependence on God. Nothing is wrong with a good job. Nothing is wrong with a nice home. Nothing is wrong with financial security. Nothing is wrong with good friends and even friends in high places. But my friend, without faith, it is impossible to please We're going to be involved in ministry and we're going to effectively do so. There has to be dependence on God. But notice the second principle, direction from God. Verse number six says, well, five for continuity. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle on the temple. And said unto him, if thou be the son of God, here he goes again. Cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus could have responded to him on his temptation, but Jesus says in verse number 7, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. What was Jesus teaching here? That my friend, when it comes to ministry, we don't do our own thing. We're directed by God. Oftentimes, people do their own thing and then expect God to jump in and rescue them uh, and rescue us. But listen, sometimes God does that because of his mercy and grace. But God desires and requires that we seek our guidance and direction from him. When it comes to ministry, let's seek his direction. What does he want us to do? When does he want us to do it? We see direction from God. We saw dependence on God. But notice, thirdly, devotion to God. Verse number eight, and again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And said unto him, all these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. I mean, the idea. I mean, how do you give somebody something that doesn't even belong to you? What the devil was requesting of Jesus was downright ludicrous and sinful. Jesus responds to him and says, Get thee hence, Satan. 
For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. My friend, when it comes to ministry, we must have a sincere, deep-rooted devotion to God. Sometimes there are things in our lives that are competing for our devotion. And we must recognize these things and put them in their rightful places. I've had to make some adjustments these past few weeks. Being inundated with talk shows and all the politics that is just inundating the airwaves. And you might have to find your own thing. That What is it that you need to deprioritize? And it's not necessarily that something is wrong with these things, but if they interfere and intrude on our devotion to God, my friend, we have to make an adjustment. My dad says, yank it off. I think we're living more in a digital age. You might have to press them off. <laughs> Yanking is kind of a little too, too manual. Now we deal with the digital. Just click. My friend, is there anything that you could be offered to denounce your allegiance to Christ? C can you be paid enough money to tell Jesus, see you later? Jesus says, Satan, get the hints. Scriptural priority. Jesus continued to quote the word of God in dealing with each and every temptation. My friend, that ought to remind us and to teach us that the word of God is preeminent. It is foundational to our ability to effectively minister to people. But notice finally, as a result of scriptural priority and the spiritual preparation, we note in verse 11 the supernatural provisions. The Bible says in verse number 11, then the devil leaveth him. Amen. My friend, he, he abandoned the mission. Thank God that, that when we resist the devil, he will flee. But you got to put up some resistance. I mean, if you're going to just succumb and buckle to him, listen, he's going to just hover over you continually. Listen, give him some pushback. Satan abandoned the mission. Don't make things comfortable for Satan. He's not going to make things comfortable for you. And if he making, he's making things comfortable for you, it's a trap. <laughs> Verse 
It's a setup. But he abandoned the mission. And notice the angelic ministry. The angels ministered to Jesus. God comes through right on time when we do what we are supposed to do. The devil leaveth him, and behold, what? Angels came and ministered unto him. Oftentimes we get frustrated and we wring our hands and get upset and frustrated when things don't go our way. But my friend, it's not really and truly our ministry. It's God's ministry. We are involved in his work. And so God will meet the needs. God will provide what's needed. He'll provide the strength. He'll provide the resources. He'll open the doors. He'll answer the prayers in his timing. Why? It is his work. And so we are to relieve ourselves of the burden of the results. Because it's up to him. It's up to him. It's up to his timing. And he will supernaturally provide when the timing is right. And so, as we engaged in this thing called ministry, recognize that we have to endeavor by the grace of God to live by a higher standard. A standard that realizes our dependence on the Lord. We got to spiritually prepare. This is not a physical fight. This is a spiritual battle that requires spiritual assistance. So let's endeavor and ensure that we are in touch. We are in tune. There's a reason why at times we come to church and things just seem flat. And then other times we come and there is a special energy. There's a connection. There's a moving of the Holy Spirit. Let's endeavor to spiritually prepare. Let's examine ourselves. Whatever it is that's competing for our minds, our heart, let's ensure that we place God in his rightful place. Let's understand that the word of God is preeminent. God honors his word. And let's rest in the assurance that God will supernaturally provide what we need to accomplish this task of ministering to people. This is just the beginning. And Jesus sets the stage for what he will do for the next three and a half years 
And I trust that God will help us as we seek to glean much from a ministry that we are to pattern 